Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. so excited that you are joining us to worship today. Whether you're here in person or online joining us, if you would stand up to your feet, lift up your hands and shout a praise. Our worship is the thing that we can offer back to God. And today we have a reason to sing because his story becomes our story when we reach out to him. So lift it up. That song sings on like lightning. That song darkness runs for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven
that you would meet us where we are. You would block out all the distractions so we can see your glory and wonder, God. Amen.
Come on, Real Life Church. Let's give it up big for God this morning. God, we just lift it all up to you this morning, God, and, and we know that we're not enough, and that's okay, God. We rejoice in you because you meet us where we are. There's nothing that we can give to you that would ever be good enough, God, but you love us anyway, and you carry that burden for us, God, and you bring hope to our lives and healing, God, and all you ask is that we just turn to you, God, and we just lift our hearts and lift our lives and lift our praise to you, God. Accept that from us this morning, God. Just let that be the cry of our heart today, God, that we are not enough. It's all about you. It's always only you, Jesus. Everybody here in the room, let's lift it up big to him this morning as we say in the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Good morning, Real Life Church. How are you today? All right. Great to see you, man. What a great set this morning. So awesome to worship with you today and just hear a room of people lifting it up to God, man. Just a beautiful thing. No place in the world I'd rather be. I don't know about you. Before we do anything else, though, let's welcome an amazing group of people worshiping at home or in their car or wherever they are today. They're called Real Life Church Online. Can we give it up big for them here in the room today? Real Life Church Online, man, we are just pumped that you are worshiping with us. So throw up some likes and some hearts and interact in the chat with each other if you're watching live. And uh, just thanks for worshiping with us today. Everyone in the room, I'd love you to just turn and smile at someone before you find a seat. Give someone a smile. Smiling is contagious. Awesome. You know, I want to welcome everybody online or in the room that's brand new to Real Life Church. If that's you, we're just honored that you spent part of your Sunday morning here with us. And if you're online and brand new, click the link that you're seeing right now and if you are brand new in the room, I want to personally invite you to get your phone out right now and text RLNEW to 97000. When you do that, a member of our connection team will reach out to you at some point this week completely digitally, just check in on you, to see how your Sunday morning went and answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church and see how can we be praying for you this week. You see, you're our honored guest and we would love to just check in with you sometime this week. So if you've never done that before, go ahead and reach out to us. And, and please don't leave here this morning without stopping by our New Here booth. We have some wonderful people in the hub that would love to chat with you. And our New Here person would love to just give you a, a little gift as our way of saying thanks for being here with us today at Kentucky Trail and at Real Life Church. A little bit more about uh, who we are and what we do. Uh, Real Life Church exists not just for Sunday morning, not just to uh, sing some great songs and to hear an amazing word. Um, we're, we're doing a little bit more than that. We exist to see people that are far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And you can do that wherever you are at Real Life Church Online. You can do that. All of us in the room, you know, we, we the people in this room make up most of Cass County, the biggest parts, you know, Lee Summit, Grandview, wherever you're coming from, you can be that person that reaches people in your community, finding those people that are close to you, but far from God. That's the mission. It's, it's really pretty simple when you boil it down. And, and the big ask that I'm going to give you right now is uh, don't just dip your toe in the water, but dive in head first and join us on mission here at Real Life Church. We would love to serve with you and, and just help these communities all around us, all around the state, the, the country, the globe, find Jesus. That's what it's all about. Am I right? Am I right? 
Yes, and you know what? You play such an integral part of that. If you've never done that, or if what I'm saying sounds foreign to you, I want you to find find me in the hub. Come talk to me. Come talk to Sean. Anybody you've seen up on stage, anybody with a name tag, we would love to just encourage you and help you find ways to take that next step to be on mission with us at Real Life Church. I know, I know you'd be blessed if you did that. Well, hey guys, um, I keep talking about that because I'm feeling a little infected this morning. Come on, who else is feeling infected? Who else is feeling contagious with a good word? If you haven't been here the last couple weeks, that probably sounds really freaky, but I promise, I promise it's gonna make sense in a few minutes. But uh, no, for real though, fear is, fear's a poison. Let's just be real, fear's a poison. And that seed of fear, fear about, you know, your finances, work, any anxiety, any stresses in your life, man, that fear's like a seed that festers and that grows and the enemy waters that seed. But you know what, we're gonna lean in today. Pastor Sean's gonna bring us a word about what happens when we overcome that fear and we let the word of God infect our lives and we start being contagious about the things of God. Who's excited to learn more about that this morning? Well, keep it going as you welcome Pastor Sean Petrie to the stage because he's got a word for us today. Take it away, Sean. That's working true. Come on, good morning, real life. How you doing? Full of life today. I love it. Thanks for being here in person online. And uh, man, before I jump in, I'll tell you what, Trayvon, he's having way too much fun back here on the drums. I love it. Church, something to be enjoyed and not endured. This guy's enjoying it. I don't know if you're, I was in the front row, man. That guy's, he's loving those riffs, man. He's killing it. So, um, man, this last week, I was feeling a little under the weather. I don't know if it's anybody been like that at all. Last end of the week there, and I ended up getting a COVID test, it was negative, all worked out, but there was a little fear of like, how's this Sunday going to roll, you know, Barry, you going to jump in, throw out a little whatever, you know, whatever, and, um, but I'll tell you what, I thought it was really ironic, like God must have a sense of humor that I'd get sick during infected, come on somebody, I just threw it out there, I was like, you know, I'm probably get COVID during the series infected, God's just going to throw it on me, that's what it's going to be like, so, um, but anyway, I'll tell you what, I'm ready to preach, I got to know who's ready to receive something from God today, you guys ready? Come on, it's going to be good. It is going to be a good, good, good morning. If you're new with us and you're wondering why in the world we're doing this series called Infected, it's because we're infected with the good news of Jesus. So walk through what we've been through the last three weeks. That we have the good news worth sharing that Jesus died for us, that we are set free, our sins for our east is from the west. We are purposed with new life. We are changed forever. And we are called to be highly infectious, especially in this season. A couple weeks ago, uh, a good friend of mine, Johnny, came in, and man, that guy preached down the house about the mandates of the disciple, being a cross-bearer, deny yourself. Last week, we talked about fear is contagious, but so is... A couple people got it. A couple people got it. <laughs> good job, Rose. Give it up for Rose. Come on. Rose. Yeah, there you go. Biggest fans in the house. I love it. So, man, just a great conversation that fear is contagious, but so is hope, what it looks like to have the contagious hope of God. And so this last week, I had a great conversation with my staff team, and uh, we do this connection every week where we walk through a talk it over question. If you're not familiar with what that is, there is a YouVersion Bible app you can download on your phone. I encourage you to download it, and you can follow along with our notes every single week. And so if you go on there as an event for our church every single week set up, follow notes, take notes. Who knows if you take notes, you get a closer seat in heaven. Come on, somebody. Any note takers in the house? Put your hands up high. This is your moment. This is your moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big note taker, man. I got notes on everything, and um, that's what you do when you're a preacher. You just steal stuff. I mean, God gives you. I mean, you find it. Okay, whatever, right? I got notes on everything. 
I love taking notes because I was like, man, somebody said that, and I'll scroll through and find it, and this is good. So, uh, but anyway, so if you, at the bottom of the U version, you'll see three questions or four questions every week, and this uh, is called Talk It Over, like just follow up from what was said on Sunday. It's a great conversation in the car on the way home. It's great for life group. Anybody use Talk It Over questions at all for stuff? A few of you? Okay, now I know who's spiritual. Come on, somebody. Um, the rest of you are like... I like this pastor. He's so mean. All right. But I take a talk to every question, one of them. And uh, since I write them, and that's why they're all misspelled, this is cool. Um, but I take one of them, I use it for staff meeting every week. And we walk through this question. It was just really, really insightful. Talking about this idea of fear is contagious, but so is hope. And I walk through questions. So I'm going to share the question with you and uh, kind of walk through as we set the setting for today. So here's the question. Which one of the following statements speaks into the fears that bother you most, the, the fears in your life? And why? And this is our staff team, okay? And so here are the list of fears. Constantly worried about what other people think instead of what God says. Find yourself trying to prove yourself to someone else, including God. Get a star that one. Frozen in the same spot for a lengthy period of time, you often find yourself taking control. No control freaks in the house, I'm sure. You've isolated yourself from others. You often tell yourself negative thoughts. You feel helpless or worthless holding on to a past experience from the promise of God, and I add one for myself, not measuring up. So put those on list, talk about the staff, and I'm here happy to announce that none of our staff struggle with fear. Come on, somebody. They are perfect, 100% full of faith. Matter of fact, I found out during the meeting, yeah, give it up, this is incredible. I found out during the meeting that Jared Taylor actually walks on water. Come on, somebody. He is that spiritual. And uh, the reason you know about it is because he's a real humble guy. Come on. And uh, he doesn't come up to baptize people very often because you can't really get them under the water. It's really tough, you know, being that guy. And uh, we all have little halos overhead as staff, and you just can't see them. They're just really kind of small halos, but they're there. And the ladies told me, and the staff, they, they take them off when they're at their desk, and they polish them. Come on, somebody. All right, you did, obviously make this up. Matter of fact, it was a complete opposite. It's a complete opposite. I'm thinking, like, oh, we got this. Like, it, it, they're, like, looking at me like, here's this list of fears. Like, so, like, which fear, like, today? Um, okay, off this list. Okay, cool. Like, you got to pick one, just, just one of these fears. It became very apparent that, like, we all struggle with fear. Matter of fact, some of those voices have gotten louder for people on our team. Um, I just noticed a theme. There's one that stuck out. That we prove ourselves to someone else. I was checking the ones to see, like, if there was, like, a theme. And uh, there was a big theme on that. And something was very apparent that we all had the voice of fear in our heads. They're just speaking to us, like constantly and consistently in all of our minds and hearts. It's telling us stuff like this, you're not good enough, or you'll never measure up, or you'll just go unnoticed, or it'll turn out just like that person thought it would. And that voice of fear was consistently there, and like I said, it's getting louder for some people, and I noticed for others that have been through some traumatic stuff in the past, like a hard situation, that that fear is louder now than it's ever been. Like that voice that's on repeat from that time when they walked through the season that was hard and difficult didn't affect them as much then, but now they're in leadership affects them now. And so today, this message is dedicated to all of us have the voice of fear in our life. Those that may be struggling, maybe in a season, maybe that voice is just kind of there and you got it under control, but you're just laying need some tactics. But for some, most of us, that voice of fear is talking to us constantly. So unless you have a halo over your head, this message is for you. Come on, somebody. There's a few of you. This is a message for everybody today. I believe that. Dedicated to you. So how do you overcome the voice of fear in our life? Last week, we were kind of not super practical. This week is going to be nothing but practical. 
I'm going to give you five shifts. How do you overcome the voice of fear in your life? Five different mindsets, five different perspectives, five different ways of seeing the things that happen in your life. And they're super powerful. So this is your chance to take notes. This is your chance to write it down. And you can say, Pastor said that thing. Matter of fact, it already happened at the first guy. And you said that thing. And do you know what you said? I'm like, no, I don't know what I said. I talked for like 40 minutes. I have no idea. Like, what what I say? Tell me what I said, right? Write it down. I'm telling you. You'll remember it. It'll be good. So shift number one. This is really, really, really important. You got to shift from fear holding on to you to you holding on to fear. I mean, this is like, what are you talking about, Sean? This is crazy. What is this idea that fear is holding you? You holding the fear, and in a very real way, I'm telling you to fight fear with fear. Matter of fact, the Bible gives a very clear way or thing we should be afraid of, and there's only one thing that stands out in the Bible, and everything falls together, and you get this, and it's so important. I believe it's the number one thing to help you battle the voice of fear in your life, and it's found in Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says what? The the fear of who? The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, if you get this right, you just start to get this right. If your relationship with God is right, if you fear God, this reverent fear, not this fear that you're going to get punished someday, but the fear of God, that we are not God. He is supernatural. I'm going to look at different ways to say in this verse and kind of spin this verse on its head a few different directions. This verse, another way of saying that the fear of the Lord is beginning of all wisdom is to say, there's no other fear that teaches you. There's no other fear that helps you, and there's no other fear that is beneficial for your life. The fear of God is the only thing that helps you here on earth. And it's this reverent fear. It's kind of like going out at night and looking at all the stars. I was out in Utah just a few weeks ago. I don't know that long ago. And uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere. We stayed in a tiny home, like literally on a trailer. It was awesome, right? Just had a generator and a solar panel, and it uh, died in the middle of the night. You wake up, and nothing's working. You're like, go turn the generator on, you know? We had, we had like one tooth while we were there. It was crazy. Anyway, you get outside at night, and it's just stars everywhere, right? You see countless stars. And there's this fear of like, okay, God, you're huge. Like, you're infinite. There's no way that you're not infinite. There's no beginning to you. There's no end to you. You obviously are the creator of all things because look at all of this. There's no way that any worlds could ever create this. This is not an accident. This is by design. It's kind of that fear when you hold a newborn baby and you're like, wow, like this is a miracle of God. I mean, you've been there, right, for most of us or some of us, and you've seen this baby and you're like, this doesn't come from some accident called evolution. Like, God knit this person together. Like, there's so many miracles that happen for a baby to be born, and all the systems that change, and DNA that replicates, and chromosomes. Like, the smaller you get, the more unfathomable it is that this is an accident. And you just have this fear of, like, God, you're, you got this. Like, God is in control. It's kind of like uh, going to the side of the ocean or on the beach and stand on the shore, and you're just going, wow, this is incredible. I remember one time I was in the south, uh, very tip south part of the big island of Hawaii. Farther south you can get any, any place in the United States. Uh, there's nothing south of the south tip of Hawaii. It literally just goes to the south pole. It's just nothing. And you stand on this edge of this, it's kind of the volcano area. It's like all this igneous rock, and it's not really strong. And so the, the, it's like 100, 150 feet tall, and the waves come in. They're massive, and it tells you don't stay on the edge because it shakes because the waves hit it. And, of course, what I do, come on, somebody. Whoa, this is all awesome. up, <laughs> right? He gone, right? Like, if you can feel, like, the power of these waves, you're like, if I fall in, I'm 
probably dying, but it's worth it, right? Like, I'm going to check this out. And the reality is there's this awestruck moment that in a million lifetimes, I could never recreate this moment. I could never recreate what just happened because God is in control. There's this reverent fear of God. And so today I'm asking you guys to replace the fear that holds us here on earth with the reverent fear of God and hold on to it. Matter of fact, Psalm 19 says it this way. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I love this. It says, day after day, they pour forth speech. It says, night after night, they reveal the knowledge of God. You can learn about who God is by staring at the stars. And I love this. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet, their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. It simply comes down that the creation of God demands an organized, infinite, sovereign, in control creator. Amen? Come on, somebody. My preach is better than you guys' response to that. I'm telling you that right now. It demands it. Like, you can't look out and go, yeah, just another, just another start tonight. Yeah, we'll have another one next week. We'll recreate that. It's just not even possible to fathom the infinite or the, the supernatural divine power of God. Matter of fact, Romans says this in Romans 1.20. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power. You know God is eternal. There's no beginning or no end just by seeing his divine creation and his divine nature. You can see his divine nature, that he is supernatural. This isn't from human hands. has been clearly seen since the beginning of the world being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. They're really what he's saying is there's no innocent person. There's no person that wouldn't understand that there is a God in control. There's no innocent person that never looked out at night and said, okay, this is not about me. This is about somebody else. And there's this fear of God we all should have in our life. Another way of saying is Proverbs 9.10, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, is to say this, if you don't fear God, you have no wisdom. Ouch. There's a lot of seasons in my life, I'm like, do I really fear God that much? But he said, if you don't, if you don't, the, the fear of God is just the beginning of wisdom, but if you don't fear God, you have absolutely no wisdom. And the reality is, if you don't get this right with God, you're not getting this right at all. And you see this so much in people's lives. And if you're honest today, just the moment of honesty, it's so easy for us to let go of the fear of God, isn't it? It's so easy to forget, like, God's got this. I mean, we start looking at Excel sheets and what our friends say and what our family say and people close to us. We're getting all this advice from everybody in the world of how to do everything, and we forgot to ask God. We forgot to slow down and just talk to Jesus. Romans 1.22 says this, they, being those who've seen his handiwork, he's talking about people in the past, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They, they exchanged the fact that God is in control and God has this in his back pocket and he is infinite and we submit to him for the lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? And it's so easy to worship the idol of money or worship what somebody else wants and live in fear of people or worship what I want and walk away from God. I'm telling you, it's real easy to grow up in church and walk away from Jesus. It's real easy to, to look around at the world and all the shiny, new, and fun things and chase after money. It's real easy to live for somebody else's expectation. It's so easy only to hold on to God when necessary. It's only need God when things are going to H-E double hockey sticks. It's only easy to hold on to God when it's just worst case scenario. 
But it's, it's so hard to hold on to God when things are going smoothly. It's so easy to forget the invisible, that this creation that we all see and understand demands an infinite sovereign creator. I talked to a guy this week, somebody who's been struggling and uh, grew up in a great home, grew up in church, and this is so many of our stories, and walked away from God. So many of us have been that season. As a matter of fact, I think Satan loves your 20s, you know, 30s. Because, like, before you have kids, you're like, woohoo! And you have kids, you're like, oh, my kids know Jesus. It's like, well, we've got a lot of work to do, don't we? And all of a sudden, like, just like uh, this guy's like, man, I knew I walked away from God. I, I knew I did my, my way. I was living my own story. Like, I was having fun sin. Come on, somebody. Hey, who knows sin is fun? Come on. If you don't know sin is fun, you're doing it wrong. Come on. You know it's true. Sin is fun, but it's only fun for a season. And it gets harder and harder and harder. And you realize, man, i got to live under God's authority. But it's so easy to walk away from God. Here's the reality. We all worship something. We all worship something. We all worship someone or something. And so the question this morning is this. Is what you're worshiping, is what you love, is what you talk about, you can't wait for. What, what is your satisfaction in? Is how you spend your money and your time and what you love to do. Is that something you worship is created or is it the creator? Come on, somebody. It's so easy. If we do a little, little assessment of ourselves, you're going, oh, man, I've got some growth to do. But how big is your fear of God today? Like, how big do you understand that God has got this, and he is ultimately in charge, and I don't have to worry about everybody else because I've got to be focused on what God wants in my life because he is in charge of everything. Not this fear of punishment, this fear I love. We'll talk about that in a minute. So your first shift, shift is to let go of fear is holding you and hold on to the fear of God. Second shift is the change from fear being an infection to fear being an indicator. Man, who knows there's a healthy amount of fear? You guys know that? It's what keeps you from joining Nitro Circus. Come on, somebody. I mean, it keeps you from, from riding all those trails in Moab like Barry does sometimes. He walks his bike. You know what I'm saying? It's 2,000. Woo! little healthy fear there, right? Like, you know, it just it changed everything. It's like the fear of waking a baby. Come on, somebody. And that baby's sleeping. Woo! Let that baby sleep, you know? I mean, there's this healthy fear of understanding of, of certain things. It's the fear of handing your car keys to your kid. Come on, you know, who's ever trained their kid how to drive a car? All right, for every one of you, there's somebody who didn't make it. Just saying. My teenage girl is the foster kid and stuff. She, she took off a 58 highway, just make that left-hand turn off the highway, 50-some miles an hour. Your pastor would do some cuss words out of that. I was holding that handle. There's a name for that handle. Whew, I thought we were going to die. This is, this is crazy, you know? I mean, seriously, but there's that fear of, like, really? Like, this, I always tell people when their kids start driving, it's like, Hey, uh, if you don't like my driving, stay off the sidewalk. You know, I'm safe. I'm safe up in the middle of the street. But on the sidewalk, I'd be nervous, right? But there's this healthy fear, right? There's a healthy fear of clowns. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, somebody posted a picture a day. There was a red balloon out of a, of a, a, a sewer drain in Lee Summit. It was big time, you know? They were worried about that. Or a healthy fear of cockroaches. Come on, somebody. That's your cue, Diane. Oh, she's chewing something now. She came and saved. She... Whew, she just did that. I, I sat down literally after the message from the first, and literally she, she goes, I got the heebie-jeebies, and said, cockroach, cockroach. So, okay, whatever, man. I mean, my staff knows I don't like cockroaches. I'm not afraid of them. I, I was a hotel. I just left it, you know, and it was like sold out of everybody. I was like, I'm not staying big old cockroaches. Anyway, I just don't pay to sleep with them. That's all. All right, just be honest with you. So I'm not paying for that. I'd really sleep in my car. I'm not giving them a dime. Anyway, but fear is just an indicator. It's not an infection. Fear is just designed as an indication. It's a turn signal. Just a little. Make a little turn signal sound. You guys can do it. Come on, help me out. You guys look really dumb right now. 
<laughs> you sound great. Yes, if you're online doing it, it's amazing by yourself. But it's just, a, it's just a signal, right? It's just a signal like something's wrong. It's just a wake up. Like there's, there's something out of place. Like I don't know what it is, but I don't know what my family's doing right now. I just sense something in this moment. Like there's something different. And the fear wasn't designed to be paralyzing. The fear was just given as a motion to recognize there's something not right in this season, this moment. It's time to pay attention. And ultimately, it's an indication that if there's fear in your life, it's time that you have to get right with God. There's something in you that you have to turn around. It's called repentance. There's something in your life that is about you. It's just maybe a bad way of thinking or the wrong way of thinking. You got to say, okay, God, I must not be thinking about this right because I got a lot of fear in my heart about this. What am I doing? So fear is really an indication it's time to pray. It's time to turn to God. Philippians 4 says this, do not be anxious or worried about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Man, that's a big standard, isn't it? Don't be anxious about tomorrow or COVID, your family or the bills, what's going to happen or how this conversation will work out at work if I'm a job. I mean, don't be anxious about any of this stuff, for real. Like, no fear. Like, I wake up, it's like, God's got it. How in the world could you ever fulfill this? How could you do this? He says, in every situation, every moment of your day, it says, by prayer and petition. Petition's praying for somebody else. He said, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Like, ultimately, like, okay, God, you got this. And I love what happens. He says, in the peace of God, come on, somebody. You know that peace and fear cannot coexist in the same moment of time? You cannot have the fear in your life of man and the peace of God in your heart. You cannot think about chocolate and pizza at the same time. Go ahead, try it. Okay, all the women just did it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true. All right. In the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. There's something that happens inside of you that makes no sense to you. It will make no sense to anybody else because you are in fear of God and you understand that, okay, God, you're teaching me this and this is going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, hey, guess what? You're teaching me through that as well. It says the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we have to shift from fear being an infection to shift to fear being just a simple indicator. When you have fear in your life, what's that mean? It's time to pray. Third shift. Recognize Satan's manipulation of fear. All of a sudden, Satan has taken this just little fear that's supposed to protect us, this little indicator, and it's turned into a full-on infection that's paralyzed so many people. It's turned into a full-on infection. This is what we know about Satan. In John 8, 44, it says this, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. You know what the truth is? It's the word of God. It's the things of God. And Satan walks completely away from all things of God. He is spreading lies. It says, for, he, for there's no truth in him. He is just a liar. It says, when he lies, he speaks his native language. That's just who he is. He's a natural liar. That's what he's gifted that. That's what he is completely. For he is a liar and the father of lies. He's the originator. You got all these voices in your head speaking to you that are ultimately, a lot of them are from Satan. Maybe they didn't come from Satan. Maybe your friend said it. But that thought process about you or that thing you think about yourself that's repeating is often a tool in Satan's box. John 10.10 10 says this, the thief has only come, comes only to steal from you. What he wants to steal from you? He wants to steal the truth from you. He wants to steal your identity from you. He wants to stop you from the call of God in your life. He wants to steal your calling from you. He wants you to play it easy and play it safe and sit down and shut up and just be like, oh, it's all good, you know, God will figure it out, and not actually pursue the things of God. He wants to kill you. I don't know if you know that or not. you got a target on your back. Sorry to tell you. 
He wants to destroy you. He wants to stop you from all things of God. And Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the what? Have it to the full. Like God's come to give us the abundant life. Not a life that just barely gets by. Not a life full of fear and anxiety and worry. But a life full of joy. A life full of peace. A life full of harmony. Not that it's safe. Not that it's easy. But there's something in here that you can't take away. I mean, you can steal my job, but you can't steal my joy. Come on, somebody. Like, you can steal my bank account. I mean, you can give us COVID, but you can't take this joy. Something only comes from God. Here's what Satan's tactics look like, and we've got to be very aware of how Satan operates. And this is, give you four or five tactics here. Number one, Satan's tactics, he lies about your past failure. Satan has a way of taking your failure, repeat, repeat, and he plays it to you all the time. And what he really is good at is making you think that you just didn't do something bad, but that you are bad. It's called shame. He wants your identity to be twisted, that you're no longer a son or daughter of the king, that you're no longer a chosen royal priesthood, that you are now just eh, only as good as your failure. There's a way of making you feel less than and making you want to prove yourself to not just you and others, but he wants you to prove yourself to God. There's so many people that, that know Jesus and they're saved by God's grace, but they're kept by their own ability. Like, it's so sad because they miss the whole heart of God. See, Satan will say stuff like, I told you so. Man, well, shouldn't try that again. It will never work out for you. Hey, just play it safe. No one will love you after what you did. And Satan will twist our identity. And that fear will sit in our hearts and our minds. Second tactic of Satan is comparison that you'll never be as good as that person. Man, you'll never sing as good as Diane. Man, you'll never preach as good as Sean. Yeah, we know that's not true. You guys would be good, right? But you, 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 don't, you, don't, you deserve this. Like, look at them, you know? You'll never have what they have. You'll never amount to anything. It's not fair to become the victim, right? And what Satan does, he keeps our eyes focused on everybody else, doesn't he? Like, we're all scrolling Facebook. Come on, somebody. Three hours a day is the average person to scroll social media. Three hours. And all we're doing is looking at everybody else. What are they doing? Ooh, man, on vacation again, right? I can't believe it. Look what they bought. And on and on and on. You know, and we see all this all the time. We're comparing ourselves to all this other stuff. If Satan can't destroy you, he will distract you. He will keep you distracted, worried about what everybody else thinks instead of what he thinks. Amen? That our eyes be focused on him. I mean, we spend a lot of time on uh, Netflix. Come on. We spend a lot of time on social media, and we spend a lot of time doing our own thing and feeling our own pleasures and hanging out with other people. But how much time do we spend with Jesus? How much time are we spending just getting a word from the word, just getting something from God, something that could fill our hearts and our soul? And we, like, got this fear in our head. It's like, dude, you know how you get rid of fear? You just got to hold on to Jesus, and you got to get something new in your head. Satan also does this. He plants a seed of doubt. Did God really say? I mean, it's the original words, right? Did God really say? I mean, do you think he, can you really trust God? Like, is it going to work out? Like, are you not, are you going to be just like your dad? Are you going to look just like him? Huh? I mean, really? What's going to make you any different? You think you're special now? Look at you. You made a mistake. You're going to be just like that. I mean, Satan has a way of just getting under his skin. He says, man, you, it's not worth it. I know you, you're going to try, but don't try. Don't try to change. Just stay the same. He'll, he'll, he'll put the words in your mind, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. He'll just throw it at you. And he makes you question your calling. He just gets under your skin. This is how Satan operates, the voices in our head. Number four, strategy of Satan. Often repeats the things that have been said to us by others. 
Now, there's a lot of things said in relationships, and you're always good. No one ever gets in a fight. Come on, somebody. No one's marriage is ever upset, right? And there's things that are said in these moments that people maybe don't believe, but they say. Maybe said, somebody said something in a fight years ago, and it's been on your head, and it's in your heart. Or somebody said something to you in the name of good advice, and they had the best intentions for you in the world, but it wasn't God's will. You guys been there before? Where somebody goes like, man, I kind of noticed, and they try to, like, give you an opinion, and they'll start like, man, really, God told me to tell you this. And I'm like, that's funny because God didn't tell me that. Sounds like a chipotle burrito. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? Like, everybody's got a word for you, and everybody has a vision for your life. But there's only one voice that has the ultimate word for you and a vision for your life, and you'll never follow the call of God if you're all, always looking for validation from other people. You'll never follow what God has for you if you're waiting for everybody else to agree with you and to champion you. Because guess what? When you're from Jesus and you're hanging out with the world, the world isn't going to champion the things of Jesus. You ever been around somebody that's just super bitter and their attitude like barfs on you? Come on, somebody, right? You know what I'm talking about? Just, and they're not happy unless you're not happy. It's just like this bitterness all the time and they say things that they shouldn't say, but they're so bitter and burned out. I mean, just me. I've walked in this situation recently where that is the situation. And no matter what happens, this person's just never going to be happy. And you just recognize, like, that's who they are. But there's a lot of things said that are hurtful out of people's opinions and bitterness and emotion. And the reality is, if we aren't careful, we don't only believe the lies of Satan, but we can spread the lies of Satan to others. I mean, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. If we're not careful, we can take the very thing that we believe that's wrong and give it to our children. And we can take those things in our head that aren't right, and we can give it to a teammate, or we can give it to our spouse. And we can lead out of failure and insecurity, and we can project fears on other people. I got hurt, and it's going to work that way out for you. And my marriage wasn't successful, so yours won't be successful. And we can easily project all these fears. I failed, and so will you fail. And to be real honest with you, it wasn't the people that were my enemies that discouraged me from following God. It wasn't somebody who didn't like me. It wasn't somebody who was against me. It was the people that were closest to me that discouraged me the most from following God. It was people like family members saying, hey, you're never going to make it. It's too difficult. It was spiritual leaders in my life, people I had office next to for a decade. It was people that you would never expect it from that would say stuff like, you're too young to be a pastor, or you'll never make it as a pastor. You'll never make it as a leader. I mean, do you think those words ever stuck with me? I can't remember all the other stuff. But those words stick with me. And that voice of other people saying things in your life can be repeated by Satan over and over and over again. Do you guys you know your words matter? That your words are so important today? Matter of fact, James says this in James 3, 5. He says, the tongue. You ever put your tongue out like this? Go, come on. You're past three. I know you know how to do it. Come on, let's see it. Come on, do it. I want to see it. You got to know. I want to remember this. The tongue, I didn't really hear it. Do it again. Come on. I didn't get anything out of you. All right, whatever, right? Your tongue, right? Your tongue, this small little thing, this little muscle in your body, this small part of your body, but it makes great boasts, doesn't it? Um, we, we tell a great story. I mean, that fish was this big, and the things I've been through, oh, you did that? Oh, me too, except for it was 30 feet high, right? Whatever. We say all this stuff. It says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark, just a little thing. It says the tongue is also fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body. That you, in your tongue, usually what happens is this. You should not say the first thing that comes to your mind. 
It's not healthy. Like, if I say the first thing that comes to mind, it's not good. I'm, I'm constantly telling myself, filter, 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 filter. But it doesn't help me because you can see my face. And it's like, oh, I can tell Sean, you know. I don't, I don't have a poker face. So I'm like, mmm, mmm, mmm. I can tell Sean's got something to say. No, no, I don't know. Can't think of anything. Because you can, like, get a, control your tongue. Who knows you have to tame your tongue? Don't point anybody. Right? It's so easy just to say what you think. But it's not helpful. You can't give advice to somebody who's not asking for it. You can't go tell people how to run their life. You can't speak a word to somebody if you don't know where they're at. You don't have that trusted relationship. Like, you have to lead with questions. You have to help people where they're at. You can't expect them to just be a certain way. But it's so easy just to, like, boom. And I'm so guilty of this. Like, I don't know about you, but I have a quick tongue, right? Anybody like that in my church? The church? Yeah, I mean, Jody's the only one. That was pretty cool. I mean, a lot of us, right? Just being honest, yeah. I mean, just wham. And we can, like, slice and dice and, like, oh, got that out. And people are like, I'm bleeding everywhere, right? It's so easy. And we're called to speak words of hope and words of life and build people up. I'll get some newsflash. You don't have to say everything you think. That's not, what, that's not what's helpful. What's helpful is helping somebody where they're at to think differently. And that comes through questions. But to, to, to help people, you can wound people by saying the wrong stuff. You can try to help somebody and say something and actually wound somebody. You can hurt somebody. You can bring fears out of somebody. In a very real way, you can discourage somebody from the call of God in their life. And it's so important, especially as a parent and as a leader, that you say the right stuff. And if you don't, go back and apologize. And be like, dude, I messed up. That wasn't what I wanted to get across, and I didn't say it right. Fourth shift. You don't need a word from man when you have a word from God. Amen? You don't need a word from somebody else when God has already given you a word. When God says, hey, I'm calling you to start this church, or I'm calling you to love your spouse, or I'm calling you to stand the gap and just be firm, you're doing the right thing, you don't need somebody else to validate that and, and support you behind that decision. I Man, it's so easy to live for somebody else in this season. It's so easy to look out and, and, and try to prove yourself to somebody, or I'm going to disappoint somebody. Well, do you know Jesus disappointed a lot of people? Do you guys know that? I mean, there's people he walked by and didn't heal. I mean, as much as you probably wanted to heal him. There's people that he expected to come back and didn't. He healed 10 lepers and nine of them didn't come back. I mean, there's people who he disappointed all the time. Matter of fact, he irritated people so much that they crucified him. Literally, he died because he was offensive. Because he was salt and light, but he knew his call. And it's so easy. If, if Jesus lived for people, he would never do what he did on the cross for us. And in our world, in our time, we gotta take our eyes off everybody else. And we gotta say, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? And when nobody else understands it, I'm still gonna do it. And it's amazing is you actually pick up a lot better friends. Come on, somebody. You really do. But here's what he says about not needing a word from man, but need a word from God. Matthew 10, 28. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. In other words, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of what they can do to you, but instead, rather, be afraid. That'd be a good series title, wouldn't it? Be afraid. It's next week. We gotta put this off for Easter, or Easter, Halloween. I'm not in the same ballpark. Man. Rather, as a rewind, rather be afraid of the one, of Jesus, who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. I mean, if I'm afraid what that person can't do to me, I should be really afraid of what that God can do to me. And so there's a perspective that, that God wants to send you to hell, 
but there's a perspective that we serve God. And there's a fear, there's a healthy fear, like you are God and I am man and I can't do what you do, but I'm trusting you. And so I'm gonna listen to your voice. It's louder than all the other voices in my life because I'm leaning in to you. And we gotta put less stock in what other people think about us. I'm telling you, everybody's got an opinion. I'm a pastor, I hear it every single day. You know, Sean, I was thinking like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, what was God thinking, you know? But I love opinion. I mean, it's, it's good to get feedback, so I'm not complaining about that. But, but we gotta put less stock in what people think. We don't want to prove ourselves to anybody. We got to put more stock in what God's thinking. I don't prove yourself to God either. God already did that. He already made us perfect and is, he, he saved us and changed us. We don't have to prove ourselves to God. But the reality is this. The reason we fear God is this. When we die, we do not stand before other people, but we kneel before God. You will one day stand in front of Jesus with nobody else in the room. And that's highly sobering and highly motivating for me as a leader and as a dad in a world that's constantly trying to pull me off track of God's will to remind myself that I will stand in front of an audience or kneel for eyes of one. That's something we constantly gotta tell ourselves every day. God, I'm living for you. God, I'm following you. And I know that person's upset with me or doesn't like what I'm doing and we'll have a conversation. But guess what, God, you called me to this. The question you ask yourself is this, God, what are you saying to me? Like, what are you saying to me, God? Like, not what did they think, but what do you think? What's God's will for your life? And this is something we've lost, at least in American Christianity. We've lost the voice of God. This voice of fear, we're like trying to entertain it, and we're trying to help people and prove ourselves. And just like, man, God, I'm telling you, you'll be misunderstood as a leader. Come on, somebody. You're not, you're gonna lose some friends. You start following God, there'll be some family that, members that don't understand it. There'll be some family members that hope you failed to look just like them. There'll be people in your life that were cool with you being a Christian until you stop hanging out with them. There'll be people cool in your life as long as you don't do something too extreme. As long as a Christian life is, looks like theirs, it's pretty simple, pretty easy. They're cool with that. But if you step out on faith and you follow God's will, man, there'll be some words spoken. And that, you know what, I'll tell you, that's good. That's good, that means you're doing something. If ain't nobody talking smack on you, you're not doing something worth talking smack on. Like you called and quipped and given this season. You've got 80 years, maybe 80 years, maybe 80 years to live on mission for Jesus. Wake up. This fear that holds us, it ain't real. It's right here. And those people don't care. They're not gonna champion you either way. What's God want you to do in your life? Number five. Last shift, drown fear in the voice of God. If we're real honest, we gotta spend a lot more time with Jesus. I mean, we're real honest, we're like, yeah, I know I struggle, because I ain't spend no time with God. Be real honest. How's your prayer life? You just get in the word just to get something. Like, I'm not leaving until you give me something. Like, just open that Bible up. I'm telling you, man, we watch a lot of Netflix. We scroll a lot of stuff on our phones. Now, that, this Bible is so accessible, but we gotta want it. And we've gotta want that truth in our life because you're fighting against all these lies of Satan. You gotta know what true north is. You gotta know what God's calling you to do. We gotta spend way more time talking to Jesus. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be some professional Christian. You just need to be humble enough to say, God, you're in control, and just talk to me. Give me a word. Just open up the Bible and start reading and see what God has for you. 
if you're gonna drown out the voice of fear in your life, I'm gonna give you some really helpful ways to do it. There's a very powerful passage found in Philippians chapter four. The Bible said, don't be anxious for anything, but all, by prayer and supplication, make requests known to God, the peace of God, which trans all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Next verse right here. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is true, not the lies of Satan, not somebody's opinion about what you should do, but whatever is true, the truth is what? The word of God. Whatever's the right thing, whatever is true, you're gonna put this in your head. Whatever is noble, whatever is worthy to live your life for, whatever worthy to think about, whatever is right, not half right, not what your best friend's doing, not what the world's doing, not what politicians are doing, but what is the right thing to do, whatever is pure, whatever is set apart to God, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is admirable, whatever worth looking at, worth replicating, if anything excellent or anything worthy of praise, think about such things. These are the things that Christians think about. We don't, we don't think about the worst case scenario. We're not a bunch of doomsday preppers. We're not conspiracy theorists. We're, we're, we're like, no, I'm anchored. I know what God wants in my mind. He says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, this is Paul talking, or seen in me, whatever parts of Jesus you've seen in me, better put those into practice. And the God of peace will what? He will what? Help me out. He will be with you. Come on, somebody. I mean, if you, you want the peace of God in your life, you have to have to put your mind where God wants your mind. Very literally, you're drowning out the voice of fears. There's no room for fear when your mind is focused on the truth of God. Your mind is focused on things that are noble and what's right and what's pure and what's lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Notice I didn't say whatever is sexy, fun, convenient, whatever else is doing, I just, the things of God in your life, things of God in your heart and mind is less of you and more of Jesus and you drown out the voice of fear. First John 4, 18 says this, says there is, this is good. There is no fear in love. There's absolutely no fear in love. He says, perfect love drives out all fear. There's a perfect love that has zero fear inside of it because fear has to do with punishment. The reason we're afraid is not because fear, we're afraid of the result of something that's about to happen. I'm afraid of falling off the cliff and dying. I'm afraid of clowns, whatever it is, right? But there's this fear. And the fear is not the problem. The fear is that you're afraid of their punishment. But God is amazing because there's nothing to be afraid of because you have no punishment. You know what Jesus did for us on the cross? So incredible. Let me go back to Isaiah. I mean, here, here's Jesus, like a, a perfect, blameless sheep, a lamb of God led to the slaughter with perfect, 100% holy, set apart, no sin. And the Bible says that all the weight of sin was pushed down on him, that our iniquities were laid upon him. But by his stripes, come on somebody, we were what? We were healed. We were made whole. We are complete and there's no punishment waiting for us. Matter of fact, on that cross, he exchanged all of his righteousness, all of his goodness for all of our wrongs. You guys sang in a song earlier that we're justified. It means declared righteous. Is this, is, as, if, as if you were a condemned murderer and you get ready to get sentenced, it was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. And Jesus walks in the room and he sits down at your spot to get the sentencing and they sends you to the electric chair, but they send Jesus to the electric chair in your place and he dies for you. So what Jesus did, judicial term, you're made right with God. You know what that means is? There's not a punishment waiting for us. Jesus saved us from our punishment of hell. And Jesus saved us from the hell that you're going through. 
And so we don't have to live every day in fear because the reality is this is the worst our eternity ever gets. Come on, somebody. Come on. Like what you're walking through now, it's like, well, this soon shall pass. Like this is just a season. I mean, it's not even a season. It's a blink of an eye. It's not even a blink of an eye. I mean, eternity in 80 years. Right? And you got people saying, oh, you know, don't follow God. You don't have time to waste on that. I mean, the voice of God in your life. We're not sitting on our hands. We're participants in the mission. God has called us. It says a love cast out fear. You know, Jesus does not count your sins against you. I love that. We're talking about tonight that you're ambassadors of Christ. That's your mission to tell the whole world that God does not count their sins against them. That you're sitting as far as the east is from the west and you are set free from the power of sin and you're set free from fear. And the love of God comes in your life. You don't need anything else because you have Jesus. Very literally, the creator became and came to his creation and proved his love for us on the cross. If you are struggling with fear today, you need no further look to the cross for the perfect love to cast out all fear. So today, fear has no hold on you, amen? Fear has no hold on you. Like you're free people. God has set you free. You don't have to walk in fear. There's no room in your heart for the fear that Satan puts in. You worship the only one, the creator, Jesus, today. We don't worship other stuff. We don't worship the creation. We don't worship ourselves. We worship Jesus. And you have a hold of the fear of God. You're going to walk out of here going, God, I need you. God, I want you. I'm pursuing you, and I'm going to live underneath you. I'm submitting myself to you. And it's his voice that drowned out all fear. You know what? You are not a failure. And you won't be a failure. And you'll never be a failure as a Christian because God has already given you the end. You fight from victory, not for victory. Shame is off you. Fear is off you. And now you can speak the words of truth and hope to a world desperately need, needed to be rid of fear. The fear has a hold on so many people. You know, some of you guys are going to walk out of here today no longer infected. You're going to walk here completely different. So when fear hits you, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. You're just going to pray. God, I'm afraid. I don't know why. Okay, show me. What are you saying to me? You're going to talk about it with somebody else. You're going to, you're going to say, okay, what's God say about this? You're going to pray about it. You're going to make a plan. You're going to list somebody to keep you accountable. It sounds familiar. My life group's like, yeah. This is what we do. As Christians, we replace all the things, the beginning of wisdom, and now you fight. And so you're going to say, okay, God, I'm praying. Show me what to do. You're going to seek God's voice because his voice is very real. Is very, he wants to speak to you. I wonder how many of us get to heaven one day, all of us probably, and God's like, I'm trying to get your attention, bro. I mean, I was there. I was with you. You know that thing that happened? Yeah, I was speaking to you. I was trying to get your attention over and over and over. You know, someone speaks a negative word over you, you know, you tell them, God already gave me a word. And I love you, buddy, but this is the direction God's called me and my family to go. He's called me to go. How different would your life be today if you weren't held by fear, but you were holding on to fear from Jesus? Come on. Father, we love you. God, I want to pray for somebody very specific today. So be real honest to say, you know what? Fear's got a hold of me. This season of my life, maybe it's been a lifetime. I've never not known this, but fear's been all over me. I've worried about trying just like my, my old man. I've worried about turning out just like somebody said. I've been trying to prove myself. I'm trying to be somebody. I'm trying to get noticed. I'm trying to find significance in what other people think of me. I've been just 
followed everything else and I've recognized today that these are tactics of Satan. I've been comparing and looking everywhere but you. And today I recognize the hold on the fear of God, that you are the one that I should be living my life for. And all that matters is what you think about me, God. And I am, I am loved. I am complete. I don't have to have the voice of fear in my life today. And if that's you in a moment of boldness, would you raise your hand high in a moment of boldness that Satan knows, and more importantly, God knows that you're exchanging your fears for the ultimate fear, the fear of God. You're no longer going to be a slave of fear, be set free by Jesus. And if that's you, would you put your hand high right on the moment? Come on, put a hand up high. I'm no longer a slave of fear. Come on, put your hand up. If that's you. Got hands all around the place. God's working. They don't, the Spirit's moving. What's He saying to you? You put your hands down. I pray for you. Father God, thank you for every single person. God, your Holy Spirit just working in this place. God, I pray you drive a stake in our hearts, God. Remind us of who we are, that shame is off us and fear is off us and that we are brand new. God, I pray for you to raise up a generation in this building that cast out all fear from those around them. I pray those that raise their hand, God, would draw close to you. God, they'd recognize your voice. They'd pursue you as if heaven and earth depend on it, that they would live out their calling and they would speak words of life to their relationships, maybe a mom or dad or husband or wife or kids, and they would live on mission. And so, God, I pray that we would recognize your voice all above, way above the voice of the world, the voice of fear, or the voice of other people, God, that we'd be led by you in this season and that we'd exchange every fear for the ultimate fear that directs our life. And you'd give us wisdom, God, that only comes from you, that we can understand the things of the world and that we'd be pillars of faith in this next generation. God, that we would be the guardians of the gospel. God, that we live it out on mission and that the gospel wouldn't die with us, but God would be birthed through us to a generation, God. So I pray you just use us because we're humbly submitting to you, God. We have all the answers, but we have you and we have peace today because of your presence. I'll pray for one person today, and that's those of you who say, well, I need Jesus today. Like I recognize, man, I've been doing this in my own. My life has been full of fear and full of failure, and I've been trying to do it my own way. It's just not working out, but today I recognize I need Jesus that Jesus died on the cross for me 2,000 years ago and he loves me and he wants a relationship with me and I can't do anything to earn it. I don't deserve it, but today I recognize that Jesus is the creator and I need him in my life. The Bible says that anybody who calls the name of Jesus is saved, forgiven, and made new. And so if that's you today in a moment of humility, say, I need Jesus. I'd be looking around. You just put your hand up in this place and say, hey, guess what? Today I'm getting right with God. I need Jesus. Come on, put your hand up in this place if that's you. I need Jesus today. Come on, maybe you're online. It's your moment, God, speaking to you. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you that you don't count them against me. You're moved as far as the east is from the west. And God, thank you for new life. God, I want to live for you. I'm no longer afraid of the things of this world. God, I'm going to live for you. God, you can have my life. I want to serve you. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's get up for what God's doing today. Come on. Let me know you love them. Fearless church. Man, if you're with us today in person or online, and you took that step of from fear to faith, man, I want you guys to know that we are here for you. So I've got a couple great next steps for you if you made that decision for Jesus today. The first one is, man, let us know about your decision by texting RL next to 97000. What we'll do is we'll have a team member reach out to you over their phone. Man, can I tell you, their only job is just to get connected with you. 
answer any questions you might have, just show you the love of God just in a real practical way. We wanna be here for you just in anything that you might possibly need because we wanna walk this next steps of the journey that's gonna take the rest of your life. We wanna be there with you. Another great next step is if you have to be with us in person on your way out of the worship center, there's a red bag on a table back there. Grab one of those inside. There's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It's just an awesome way to get started off on the right foot because there's so much out there for you. And again, we wanna be a blessing to you. So as I was listening to what Pastor Sean had to talk about, he was talking about fear just overwhelming us. And so many of us, we don't even know where to, you know, to, to start. And we had those, those awesome five shifts. Can I give you a couple more? Man, get around the people of God. Get around the people of God that want the best for you. The best way you can do that is join a life group. We're like four or five weeks in, but it is not too late to get around a group of people that have the best for you. And we're going through our next session of Freedom Group. And every time that I promote it and I talk about it, it's awesome to see God show up, and this session has been no, no different. And we get to see people that just put that fear down, and they share what's happened to them 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago that they think is keeping them back from God. And they're afraid to share that. In these groups, you'll find people that have compassion for where you've been. A lot of them have been in the same spot. So come hang out with us. Find a life group that makes sense. You can uh, check those out at uh, reallifechurchkc.com. The other awesome thing that we do here at Real Life is, is we offer an opportunity to take four free counseling sessions because sometimes we know that man, maybe you need just a little extra help, a little professional services. And some people have talked to me before they went, it's like, you know, well, what are they gonna tell you? Can I tell you? Pastor Sean doesn't hear anything from them. I don't hear anything from them. You know, the only reason that we hear these success stories are because that people that took advantage of those counseling sessions, they come back and they're like, man, God used that. It has changed my life. It has changed my marriage. It's helped me take my first steps to get past the addiction. And so we want you guys to, to, to be availed of that and take a, that, that step. Because it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there. And man, we are your biggest advocates. We want, you know, we want to be there for you. So come check that out. Talk to me or Sean. We'll get you hooked up with those free counseling sessions. And can I tell you real life? Your generosity is what makes all this possible. You guys sacrificially giving week in and week out, it helps people take their next steps to get past fear. And one day, Sean talked about eternity being, you know, you know, the next thing for us. There will be a time and place where you're gonna find out what you sacrificed, what you gave, the marriages that it healed, the addictions that it overcame, the relationships that were restored. And you're gonna like, man, thank God, God gave me an opportunity to do that. And so I want to encourage you guys to keep feeding the thing that takes fear out of people's lives. And here at Real Life, you can do that in three different ways. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to give cash or check, you can drop that in the giving box. Man, thank you guys so much for your generosity and your faithfulness to God in that area. Can I tell you that we're going to have an awesome, awesome Sunday next week? It's Halloween. You guys love Halloween? It's not my wife's favorite, one of my favorites. Next week, we're going to have the last week of Infected Series. We're also going to have Superhero Sunday. So bring your kids, let them dress up however they want. We're going to have candy. We're going to have games. It's going to be an awesome time. We have a lot of other events coming up, so check out this video. Hello there everyone, I'm Diamond. Thank you so much for coming out. We have a lot of cool stuff going on today. So here are some quick bits, ready and go. We are making a difference in our community by connecting people to their real life in Jesus. At Belton's annual Pumpkin Palooza, 
it's a trunk or treat thing. Our team is going to meet kids, families, pass out candy, and invite people to come out to real life on Superhero Sunday. Find out more on our website. Superhero Sunday, we all love superheroes. Who's your favorite? It's gonna be a really fun family event. Bring your kids, dress them up in their cute little costumes. It's gonna be exciting, and I just can't wait to see you guys next Sunday. Real Life Youth Hunted Trails. Are you hungry for some hot dogs and some s'mores? Would you dare venture in the hunted trails of the woods? Are you a teenager from 6th to 12th grade? Have a frighteningly good time this Saturday. Beware. Get out your phone right now and find out more on our website. Here's a special thing for all the parents and guardians out there. Your children are a blessing and stewardship from the Lord. As parents, be a part of a special moment of child dedication. Mark your calendars and align your heart with God's heart as we get together on November the 7th. Find out more on our website right now. Tonight is the night that we join together and celebrate our people that make Real Life Church happen. At Heart and Soul Night, we can't wait to see you there. Find out more on our website. Okay, did you all get that? I know that was a lot, but the motive of us saying all of these things because we want you to know that it's on the website. So just scroll to the events page and look it up and attend and we can't wait to see you there. Again, this is Diamond for Real Life Church. We can't wait to see you and a friend next week as we finish up our Infected series at Real Life Church. Have a great week. Bye. And I hope you guys have plans to come to hang out with us tonight at Heart Soul. It is going to be an awesome time. I can't wait to hang out with you guys there. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member right here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.